Today is August 20th, 2021. It was 56 years ago today on August the 20th, 1965, that I married my beautiful wife, and I've not been ever sorry since. She's been a wonderful wife, and I praise God for blessing me with her companionship. I praise God for blessing our marriage, and that we are now facing 56 years. I mean, we're facing their 57th year of being married. Anyhow, happy anniversary, Marty. I love you, and I'm so glad you're my wife. I want to talk today about the best insurance of all. You know, things happen so quickly that we have to be ready to face success or tragedy at an instant's notice. I remember when we were in Cheyenne, Wyoming, we had a big tornado come through. It tore out about 500 homes, and it was kind of scary. I went outside. I could see the tornado coming towards our house, and uh, it just looked like it was going to get us. Then all of a sudden, at the last moment, it turned to the right and, and went another direction. And I remember seeing up in the, the clouds up there above the tornado, I remember seeing people's beds and pieces of fence and all kinds of things that usually you don't see floating around in the air. And we just didn't have much notice. It just came. Uh, same thing here. We had a, a cloudburst day before yesterday, and uh, there was no warning. Usually the Navajo County puts out a warning of severe weather. There was no warning. And we had this cloudburst that just dumped water all over us with wind and, and rain and, and thunder and lightning. And everything was so muddy and everything that afterwards uh, I could get out with my four-wheel drive Ranger. And I thank God for Rachel that gave that uh, me the money to get that. But I, I could get out, but we could not get Marty's car out. It was just too heavy and the roads are too muddy. When that happens, we're pretty well house-bound uh, because the fact uh, roads are so muddy to getting out. I was thinking, you know, blizzards and earthquakes and tornadoes and fires and hurricanes. All these things are happening today. And I remember that uh, the Bible talks about there'll be signs in the end times. A lot of these things say that it's not going to be long until Jesus Christ comes for his church. I was thinking about what happened in 1913 in March, or excuse me, 2013 in March when I was trying to make a left-hand turn there on uh, Thomas Road and 59th Avenue when we were still living in Phoenix, and somebody ran a stop sign and crashed into my van and actually totaled it. And afterwards, you know, I stressed. I went over and over in my mind how I'd like to go back and have that instant over and see if I couldn't keep from having that wreck. It didn't help for me to have the associate pastor, Larry Klassen, keep saying, well, I'm 65 years old and I've never been in a wreck before. This is the first traffic mishap I've ever experienced. And I thought, well, whoopee, uh, I'm so glad I was able to give you that experience. But even though I wasn't prepared for the emotional turmoil of the wreck, I'd made preparation in the event that something like that might happen. I had car insurance, thank the Lord. You know, that's a lot like life. Some things that'll happen to us this coming year might 
nearly swamp our boat. In fact, some of the things that are going on right now, and I, I intend to talk about what's happening in Afghanistan probably the next broadcast. But these things that come, you know, that we don't see coming and they, they feel like they're going to just swamp us, we, we can have the strength and means to face these rough situations if we know Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. A right relationship with Christ is the insurance we need for every circumstance that will come along in this year, 2021. And if we live through 2022, you know, even death can't destroy us when we have Jesus Christ in our heart. The Apostle Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. An elderly lady walked slowly into a life insurance office in Minneapolis, Minnesota during the worst part of the Great Depression. She wanted to know if she could stop paying the premiums on her husband's life insurance policy. He's been dead for some time now, she said, and I don't believe I can afford to keep making the payments anymore. Well, the clerk looked up her husband's policy and discovered it was worth several hundred thousand dollars. This poor lady was wealthy, but she had no idea. No one had explained to her how life insurance works. Perhaps no one has explained to you that as a disciple of Jesus Christ, you too are rich. Have you considered the possibility that Christ may come to rapture his church in 2021? The tabloids are asking, could this be the final year? Is this the year that everything's going to blow up? Well, it could be, but if you have a close relationship with Jesus Christ, it really won't matter. Philippians 1.21, I quoted it a minute ago, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Because we know Christ and realize we have a home in heaven, wouldn't it be selfish and sinful not to share that realization with others? You say, well, it scares me to death to witness. Certainly, there's some other way to let people know about Jesus. Besides, isn't that why we pay the preacher to do that for us? <laughs> there are people that you could reach that the pastor could never build a bridge to. You've known them for years, and you, you've, you've been neighbors or friends, and then all of a sudden you want to come to the pastor and say, would you go and build, uh, win that person, Lord? I've had it so many times. I remember... Uh, a lady at Deer Valley Church, the Nazarene, came one day and wanted me to go to her son's apartment and wait for him to get home from work because she wanted him to accept Jesus Christ as her Lord, his Lord and Savior. She gave me a key so I could go in. She said her son got home from work at 5 and she wanted me to take the key to his apartment so I could go in and wait for him to come home. She wanted me to win him to the Lord. Well, of course, I turned this wonderful opportunity down because I couldn't think of a quicker way to get shot and to get to heaven prematurely. Besides, how would I explain that I didn't break and enter into his house? Then there was the busy old lady, Mrs. Bain, providing me with names of people to call on that were in the hospital. At first, I didn't know where she was getting these names. I thought they were her friends. I thought maybe, you know, she had... She had known all these people, but I found she was checking the newspaper and copying names of sick people who were in the hospital. She didn't even know them either. And, and then she would give them to me saying, this person is in the hospital. Will you call on this person? They need a pastoral call. 
How embarrassing to go to the room and find their real pastor was there and say, well, I'm here as pastor of the church. And they look at you and say, we didn't call you. Why are you here? An insurance agent learned that he had received his company's award for having sold more life insurance policies than anyone else in the state. He was thrilled, but the problem was he had to make a speech at that time to, to get the award. He was supposed to tell the other insurance agents how he did it. Joe was his name. He had a phobia about public speaking, but he was still expected to give the speech. So he nervously went to work on this speech. He wrote it and rewrote it. He practiced it on his wife. He practiced it in the mirror. Finally, he got it just right. He typed it on cards and taped the cards on his shaving mirror to practice even more. Every morning while shaving, he mentioned or he memorized that speech. Finally, Joe had it imprinted into the grooves of his brain cells like a laser disc. He was ready. The big evening came. The huge auditorium was filled with insurance salespeople from all over the state wanting to learn Joe's secret. He was called forward to receive the reward. His, his knees turned to jello. Pressing a, a plaque into Joe's hands, the president of the company patted him on the back and said, Now, Joe, tell us how you did it. How do you do it? Joe turned to the great sea of eyes, waiting expectantly for him to say something profound. Suddenly, his mind went blank. He couldn't think of the first line. Groping for it, he said, ah, uh, ah. Uh, uh. He couldn't remember the first line, but he finally thought of a line from down towards the middle. He said, if, if, if you're in that kind of a situation, he'd heard, well, you're, you're willing to start any place. So he said, uh, uh, see the people. But Joe was so frightened, he couldn't remember what came after that. So he started again, uh, uh, see the people. Uh, uh, see the people, but it wasn't coming. Finally, he sat down completely mortified. Most of the insurance agents in the auditorium thought Joe said exactly what he intended to say. They heard it as a dramatic speech and gave him a standing ovation. You know, we mustn't equate selling insurance with influencing people to accept Jesus Christ. These two endeavors have different goals and they are different in their results. But in visiting people for Christ, we plant seeds that help people move toward the most important decision that they'll ever make. Who is going to be the Lord of my life? Where am I going to spend eternity? In heaven or in hell? Do you want to help people move in that direction through your influence? If so, I would quote Joe, see the people. Also, if you want to win people, learn to use a little bit of tact. There was a barber that accepted Jesus Christ while he was at church one Sunday, and he was so thrilled with his newfound faith and freedom that he wanted to share this wonderful experience with others. On Wednesday, he decided it was time to share his newfound faith. One of his customers was in the barber chair waiting for a shave. The barber stropped the razor until it was sharp enough to shave this man. And the customer was sitting there with his face all lathered, waiting for the barber to start. The barber said to himself, well, here goes. 
He walked over to the guy in the chair, got his blade ready to attack. The whiskers had him down someplace close to his neck and smilingly asked the man, are you prepared to die? For some unknown reason, the customer bolted out of the chair and ran through the door with the lather still on his face and the barber's cape flying in the wind. You know, when I pastored Grand Coulee Church the Nazarene, I decided to take one of the members calling with me one Thursday night. We went to a house where the man was an avid hunter. He had animal heads all over his walls, trophies that he had gotten out there while hunting. I was having a cordial conversation with this man, trying to break the ice and make him comfortable, and comfortable enough that I could tell him about his need of salvation and a savior. And, and you know, a Christian needs to learn the, to trust the person uh, in order to have the privilege of talking with, let me say that, a Christian needs to earn the trust of the person to have the privilege of talking with him about matters so personal as getting rid of his sinful living. Win them to yourself so you can win them to Jesus Christ. The church member blurted out, I see all these heads of dead animals. Do you know that you're going to die too? You'll probably go to hell. The conversation was over. Suddenly we found an open door set before us. I've heard Christians say, I don't need to say anything to witness. I'll just live it before them. Not good enough. A lot of people who aren't Christians live good, decent, moral lives, but they are not trying to win anybody to Jesus Christ. You need to tell them why you're living such an exemplary life. Give God the glory. I read about a couple driving along a road and seeing a blank sign, nothing on it. It was yellow and a diamond shape like an informational sign usually is on the road, but it had no information to tell them if it was a warning sign or what it was. It was completely useless. You know, a lot of Christians are just like that, blank sign. They, they should be giving information about the kingdom of God, but they're just useless. You know, Jesus might come back for his church in 2021. If he does, you want to be ready and you want your family and friends ready too. I started this message talking about insurance. If you get insurance, you want it to cover your needs if disaster strikes. You won't be satisfied with a company that tries to renege on their promises. Too many companies try to find a loophole to get out of the policy you hold. They're willing to accept the premiums, but they don't want to pay out for the policy. When I was in college, one of the fellows in my dorm had a freak accident. The radiator fan on uh, the motor in his car broke loose and was thrown through the hood of his car, leaving a gash about six inches long and three inches wide. He reported it to his insurance agent and was told his insurance would not pay for the damage because he was not insured for flying objects. Let me tell you, there's a policy to guard against eternal fire damage. Hell is no laughing matter. It's fire and brimstone, which is burning sulfur, and burning sulfur sticks to you, and, and all this will last forever. I was thinking the other day about hell and how many people are going there. 
I really, it, it just really tore me apart to think of the fact that God has done everything to save people from that terrible place. They have the choice and they can choose either accept Christ and eternal life or they can choose hell, reject Christ and end up going to hell. This policy is provided through the blood of Jesus Christ who took your sins to the cross and died as your substitute. We know Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. That's why Jesus went to the cross to pay your penalty. He had no sins of his own that had to be paid for. The premium is already paid and that company is very trustworthy. And God will not renege on, on his promise to you. 1 John 1 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I like to make it a personal policy. 1 John 1 9, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I think you'd be foolish not to take advantage of the insurance deal like that. I know you would be eternally sorry if you miss it. I know also you'll be eternally grateful if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I've been attending a church that the pastor has been talking about Revelation. He's been talking about final times. And his uh, statement always is, you know, I, I'm going to go to heaven. I can't wait. I can't wait to get over on the other side. And it reminded me of a little chorus that, the kids used to sing. It's called Can't Wait. It says, I'm going to heaven, can't wait. Going to see Jesus, can't wait. Heaven is wonderful, bright and fair. Praise the Lord, I'm going there. I'll be there forever, can't wait. Going to leave never, can't wait. And I know I'll not be late because I'm going to heaven and I can't wait. I'm going to heaven and I can't wait. Can't wait. And I want you to know that's a wonderful uh, realization that if whatever happens to us, we're going to end up going to heaven with Jesus Christ. I, I often have said, I can't wait to get to heaven, but I do dread the trip. But you know, God's promised to always be with me. And he's promised if you'll accept him, he'll never leave you or forsake you either. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the prospect of being able to go to heaven. Being able to have our sins forgiven here and become part of your family. Become joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Lord, uh, the times are getting so hard and we're watching what's going on in Afghanistan. We're watching Jerusalem being surrounded by armies just like you said they would in the last days. Basically, we're watching Jerusalem stand alone against every other country in the world right now because the United States has withdrawn their support. And Lord, this is one of the signs too that it won't be long until you get here. Father, I want to pray that each one that's listening to me would uh, want to give their hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. You said if we confess our sins, you were faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You said whosoever would call upon the name of the Lord would be saved. And Lord, we know that 
this involves, our being sorry for our sins, our, our accepting your plan in our life, our turning our lives around in repentance and, and going to start living for you the way you want us to. I pray, God, that you get a hold of people's hearts today while there's still time before we end up in a devil's hell. Help us, Jesus, to accept your wonderful insurance policy that will get us home to heaven. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I said that I was going to be talking probably next week about what's going on in Afghanistan. But I want you to know I am so torn up about the fact that our nation, our president, and, and uh, those leaders over us have pulled our military out, leaving literally tens of thousands of people that are Americans and people that have helped the Americans, leaving them helpless. Many of them are not going to get home and they're going to be killed. I understand that the Taliban at the moment is letting Americans get through to the airport and there'll be Americans that'll be able to get home, but not all Americans will. And I understand that the Taliban now is hunting down people that are from Afghanistan and they're beheading people in the streets and they're torturing people and they're making him deny Jesus Christ. They're after, they've sent letters out to the pastors of Christian churches that we know where you are and we'll come get you. And I understand that they're, they're raping and, and molesting little girls, 12 years old, and, and grabbing them out of their homes and bringing them to uh, the Taliban warriors as some kind of reward and stuff. It is terrible what's going on. And I think we as Christians need to pray that somehow God will intercede. God will help take care of what's going on over there. I, I can't even imagine the persecution. And I know that if people don't turn around and give their hearts and lives to Jesus Christ, that same kind of thing can happen right here in the United States. People, we need a revival. We need to come back to Jesus Christ. We need our leaders to come back to Christ. We want to pray that God will somehow work a miracle and that Christians across this land will begin to pray and begin to wait before the Lord, begin to confess the sins of this nation and ask God to come heal our land as he promised he would in 1 Corinthians 7, or 1 Chronicles 7:14. People, let's pray for those poor souls that are over there in Afghanistan and let's pray that we might uh, be the people that God can use to spark revival in the United States of America. God bless you. We'll talk to you later, and I hope that you have a good time. I'm going to go back and enjoy the rest of my anniversary.